There's only been two guys to ever complete the 10 with a bow. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Hoyt Bow Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Ferris. And today I have Justin Davis on with me. Justin is the youngest man to ever take the Colorado Big Nine. And for those of you that don't live in Colorado, that might not mean much yet, but we're going to tell you what it does mean. And it's actually a pretty big accomplishment here in the state of Colorado and in Western bow hunting period. So how's it going, Justin? What you up to, bud? Oh, it's going pretty good. Um, not oh, too much. Good. Just just got done turkey hunting a little while ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How'd you do? Yeah. I did pretty good. I drew a got a tag out east and right on. It was some hard hunting. Oh, out hunting. east like eastern Colorado or yeah, you talking Eastern Colorado and you had to, I had actually had to draw it with some turkey points and then the birds right. were, they were really pressured. So it was actually pretty tough hunting, but man, everybody this year, um, you know, I, me and Kurt Wells from Bowhunter, we went up to Nebraska and we actually tagged out, but it was a, it was still a tough hunt. You know, yeah. the birds were, I didn't talk to anybody this year yeah. that said that the birds were acting right. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? been a weird year from what i've heard yeah yeah no 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 suicide birds out there no. they uh <laughs> we're all being very cautious yep. and, um yeah kind of a kind of a strange deal so this colorado big nine for you know most of the guys out there listening aren't from colorado they don't understand what exactly yeah. that is tell them tell them exactly what that is yeah so the <clears throat> i guess in colorado technically we have 10 10 different big game species and um that's the nine consists of mule deer whitetail elk um pronghorn antelope mountain lion black bear shiris moose mountain goat and bighorn sheep rocky mountain bighorn sheep yeah um and then the 10th is the desert bighorn uh, is the desert bighorn sheep and Mm -hmm. They they kind of make well, the the big nine is an award given away by the Colorado Bow Hunters Association for taking those nine big game animals with a bow. Yeah, and they have an award for the big eight, the big eight, the big nine, and the big ten. The big eight consists of everything except the Shiras moose and the uh, desert bighorn mm-hmm. because there are a lot of people who will probably die yep. before they ever draw those two species. Yeah. So it gives them something to win. Um, and then the big nine is everything except for that desert bighorn. And then the big 10, and there hasn't been very many guys do that because it's so dang hard to draw yep. a desert mm-hmm. sheep tag. I mean, it's like getting struck by lightning three times in one day. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty. <laughs> you know? Yeah. There, I, yeah. I think they're telling me that there's only been two guys to ever complete the 10 with a bow. I wouldn't doubt it. Man. Yeah. So I, it shows I, I how rare it is. <laughs> I wasn't sure of that stat, but um, I only need my bighorn sheep for my big nine, and I just can't draw it. I can't draw the dang thing to save my life. And what sucks is because the sheep is part of the big eight. I don't even qualify for the big eight either, (laughs) so I need the sheep for both the the eight and the nine. So I kind of read this in the the Colorado Bowhunter. It's a magazine by the Colorado... uh, um uh bow hunters association their magazine and justin davis age 33 
is on the cover with his bighorn sheep. Meet the youngest man to achieve the Colorado Big Nine. I've got to kind of tell you, Justin, I kind of hated you right away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't blame you. <laughs> it's just jealousy, man. It's just jealousy. I can't imagine doing that at your age. That's that's pretty dang awesome. Yeah, so, and the, the moose one's even worse. I think the moose is one of a tough tag to draw, and there's a lot of guys that have that I personally know that have been waiting 25, 30 years and still haven't drawn a tag, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, like we were talking about, there's a lot of people who have max points right now who probably, who, who stand a very good chance of, of dying of old age yep. before they ever draw a moose tag yep. uh, in the state. And that, that just sh- goes to show uh, how crazy these Western draws, not just in Colorado, but everywhere have gotten. You know, yeah, and getting, seems like it's getting more and more every year too. getting harder. It, it is. It is. Uh, it there's I, I think it's more people are learning the game. Um, then there's been mistakes like the mistake Colorado made a couple of years ago where they decided, OK, we're just going to make it three dollars to apply for everything and then created a giant mess because every there was uh, there was n- everyone put in for everything. You know what I mean? And it's just, you know, on the surface, it might sound good to have it that way, but it's, it's not really, it is. You need, you need to have a little bit higher price for things with those things in demand so that you thin out some of the people that aren't as serious. Yeah. I think with that, there's a lot of people that, you know, aren't serious about it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, when I drew my moose tag back in 2010, uh, I think I drew it with seven and four, seven, uh, or I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Um, Seven points total. So Uh, three weighted points or or three regular points and four weighted points. So I had, I had a lot of guys that hated me too, (laughs) you know, (laughs) a lot of guys. And I, I shouldn't be complaining because I did draw that tag and eventually I should draw a bighorn sheep tag. Yeah, if I'm lucky ho- and hopefully one of these years, years, huh? So, um, was the bighorn the last one? Um, actually, I drew the bighorn, and then I drew moose, and then mountain goat. So the mountain goat was actually my last one. The mountain goat was the last mm-hmm. one. So uh, I, I didn't read your article in here. I went through and did what. I typically do. And I looked at the pictures, Uh, (laughs) you know, so I, I need to go back and read it. I just hadn't had a chance yet, but, um, man, there's some spectacular photography in here. And, uh, so let's talk about like that mountain goat tag and what it was like to draw that thing, knowing that it was your last one and, uh, what kind of pressure was on you? Yeah, it was, I, yeah, the, definitely the, the three special tags, the bighorn sheep and the mountain goat and the moose definitely had the most pressure, you know, for sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> my, yeah. The the sheep probably was my hardest hunt, I think, and probably the most pressure I've had. But really, what yeah. unit did you draw for sheep? I actually drew S nine. Mm. And so I um is nine the Sangres? Yep. Mm-hmm. That that's a tough hunt, man. Yes. Yeah, so, so I so for years I applied for units that were easy or hard to draw, hard but to draw. easier potentially easier hunt. And 
you know, producing bigger ramps. And finally I went for one of the maybe easier to draw unit, but harder hunt. And it was a really hard hunt. Yeah. Well, um, I'm very familiar with the Sangres and there's a bunch of guys out in Utah that love to talk a lot of crap about the Wasatch and the Wasatch is rough. It's not that it isn't, but man, those Sangres. Yeah. Those are straight up and down, and there's giant bulls. And, you know, guys talk about, oh, you know, I'll say the the animals were in the other drainage, the next drainage. They're like, well, why didn't you just go to the next drainage? It's like, oh, man, it's not that simple. (laughs) You know what I mean? And those sheep are scattered, man. Those sheep are scattered. So uh, what other than just that giant country, what made that hunt? really the the toughest of all i think the what what was surprising to me was how spooky the sheep were i think i uh really yeah i i found that they were a lot spookier than deer and elk like if you if if you spooked them that those rams would take off and they would they'd run five miles without stopping just all you know well they wouldn't stop and yeah they, they wouldn't be like a deer where it runs around the mountain and kind of stops and looks back. You know, they would take off and be gone. And so that, that made it difficult. They seemed pretty spooky. That's crazy, man. Um, because those sheep up in that particular country or in that particular unit, they aren't necessarily real pressured. It yeah. doesn't seem like no. me because there's just not that many people go up into those holes. Uh-huh. You've got to be a little crazy. Yeah. Um, so how how'd you how'd you find you finally end up closing the deal on your sheep? Well, I I had a couple encounters and the first one the first time never hunting sheep by opening day I saw a big ram and he bedded under this boulder and I actually ended up getting on top of the boulder and I was I was ten feet from these rams that were bedded down like I could have literally jumped on their back, you know, and it was yeah. open it was opening day and i was like oh this is easy nothing nothing about this you know so yeah I, I was waiting hoping for you know waiting for that big ram to come out of the under the rock because i couldn't even see him and i waited yeah. and and then eventually the a thunderstorm came and the wind swirled and they bolted out of there but then i didn't then i went like a week without even seeing a ram and oh. then I then I was kind of regretting. I was like, well, maybe I should have shot one of the smaller ones that I could see. But yeah, yeah. But towards the end of the season, I ended up finding some different sheep, and they were in a good spot. And I was able to stock in and same type of thing. There's just some good cover, and I got in and got a thirty yard shot on the ram. And right out. But, was he the biggest ram that you saw while you were while you were hunting? No, I actually saw. Uh, I saw a couple bigger ones and I saw a really big one and I lay, you know, I snuck up behind him and the wind wasn't right. And I was 300 yards away from him and I don't think they could have smelled me and they didn't see me cause I was laying on the backside of a spine and they just hit this big ram just got up and then they just took off, went running down the mountain, but. For no apparent reason. Yeah, for no, for no apparent reason, and there's nobody, nothing around, and I was like, man, this, you know, he just like, it was almost like he was wise Had and six sense. Yeah, and he <laughs> sent, he sensed it, and that ram actually 
got killed by a rifle hunter last year, I think, and I think he was 14 years old. Really? Yep. And it was, any- it, um, I don't. I think it was in the 180s, maybe, which is really wow. big, big for that mountain range. Absolutely, that's but it, a monster. It was the same ram, no doubt. But I yeah. got I laid 300 yards away from him, waiting for the wind to get right, and he he knew something was up. I guess he, he must he must have smelled you one way or another. Those yeah. mm-hmm. winds are fickle up in that country. Yeah. So uh, your your moose. What unit did you draw for moose? Ah, uh, um, I drew a unit that was close to home and. Wasn't real. It's kind of uh, in Colorado. The moose population's really been thriving, and we're getting more and more moose in the whole state. And so, I hunted a unit that actually, year a few years ago, wasn't even a moose unit, and now they finally opened it up for moose. But Mm I, my, I kind of was on a mission to look for, try to find the biggest bull I could find because the bull moose and um tag in colorado is once in a lifetime as you know and so i kind of made it my mission i was like i'm gonna find the biggest one and try to get that one and the biggest one i found i ended up killing that one and well he looks nice man he looks really nice his fronts are really good for shire smith yeah um and uh um so was that a was was that a fairly tough hunt too and it, it actually worked out, um, it was pretty stressful because where I found the moose was in a fairly easy place for people to access. So yeah. I was planning on there being competition from outfitters or other hunters, you know, so it was mm-hmm. kind of stressful. But at that, that moose, I, he was, um, looking for him throughout the summer. I only, we only actually found him twice. He would, he'd yeah. be it stay pretty hidden and they're pretty amazing animals how big they are yet they can hide yeah but opening day we i ended up just i happened to as the sun rose i ended up being like 80 yards from him and a cow and a calf and they're they're kind of feeding my direction and the wind was good and um they're coming it looks looks like it was pretty early season too you still got is that velvet yeah, he had, that are yep. he hadn't stripped all the way yet. Yeah, he had, he had scraped um, most of his velvet off like three days before the season started. Right, right. Uh and so anyway, I interrupted. He was with a cow and a calf. Yeah, he's with a cow and a calf, and they were coming by me. I don't. Know, a lot of people think moose just stand there and look at you, and they're not too spooky, but they they know when they're being hunted versus you're a hiker you know so they were coming they were coming by me and the cow passed 30 yards away from me and i was standing still and the wind was in my face and i was like oh i got it in the bag and then that cow she went from feeding to looking up at me and i was like "Uh oh and she's peering right through me and they just took off and all three moose started running as hard as they could away from me and luckily that luckily that bull stopped out there at I think it was 55 yards kind of quartering away from me and I drilled him. Right. But it went from, Uh, I went from like, Oh, you know, as no doubt that I'm going to get this bull to, 
he almost yeah. he almost slipped out of my <laughs> fingers but well he's a he is a cool looking moose man and and a lot of people the first time that they ever walk up to a moose on the ground it, it's a shocking deal yeah yeah because <laughs> you're like and that's just a shyrus and yeah you know yeah doesn't even compare to like a yukon yeah um, i can't imagine the yukons <laughs> i can't either i you know when i had my shyrus on the ground i was like holy smokes <laughs> this is a considerable amount more work than it is with an elk yeah you know? they're, yeah they're There's, massive animals they're gigantic and mm -hmm. super cool so uh what what year did you shoot the the Shiras? Um, that was two thousand nineteen, I think. Yeah, two thousand nineteen. Yep. So literally, it only took you two years after that to draw your mountain goat tag. Yep. So I got the mount. I got I got all three of the special tags. All I think within just a couple years. Oh, you lucky dog, man. Yep. Um. So this mountain goat was it taken in in uh 2020 yeah i think um last fall yep yeah 2020 yeah so cool so tell me about that hunt because uh my mountain goat hunt was tough yeah um yeah it was it was a tough hunt the goats weren't in a very accessible place and uh just getting to them was really hard and then getting them out of there was really hard i yeah the a, a an experience in one of those bowls back there that uh where it was one of those steep shale kind of uh, basketball sized boulder fields you know and i got too far down into it and you'd step on one rock and the whole hillside would slide yeah you know? and just yep. move like 30 yards around you and it was just uh, a terrifying deal um where did you uh Where'd you end up hunting your goat? So I, I hunted that um, one down on in west southwestern corner of the state. Oh yeah, and, down around Durango. Yeah, so there's some those some also rugged mountains down in that country. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, goats. They, there's uh, I've heard it said before that um, oh I hate to even say it because sheep hunters will hate me, but uh, if uh, if goat hunting wasn't so tough, all the sheep hunters would be goat hunters or something like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, they live in ridiculous terrain. Yeah, sometimes. They, just depending upon, you know, how hard they're, they're not probably as sharp. I didn't find them as spooky as uh, some of the other critters. Um, they certainly weren't dumb, um, yeah. but they, I could get away with just a little bit more on them, but just getting to them was miserable yeah the terrain that they live in is pretty pretty amazing what they, what they can go up <laughs> yeah yeah so tell tell me about that one that closed it out and there was if you're anything like me you know that you knew that was the only one that you needed to complete your big nine which is you know a, a pretty big goal for all colorado bow hunters um i know that if i draw my sheep tag and I go on that hunt and I come back skunked, I'm going to be wanting to jump off a building head first, <laughs> man. I mean, there's when I finally do draw that tag, there's going to be some time dedicated to that, to that hunt, you know? Yeah. Um, so how, how'd you approach this one when you, yeah, knew, well, you knew it was your last? I, in my mind, the way mountain goats are, they're, 
fairly easy to spot. So I was kind of like, oh, this won't be too bad of a hunt, but ended up going down there and I wasn't really familiar with the country and I, I had a hard time actually finding them. They were, they were kind of in, yeah. in different places than I think they were in years past. And so it was pretty hard yeah. just to find them, you know, and I don't know what the deal was that year. I, I talked to some past hunters and they kind of made it sound like you'll find them on every mountain peak. And, and I covered a lot of country and glassed a lot of area and hardly saw any. So it was, that's kind of, but finally, finally found some and got it done. Nerve wracking, man. Yeah, super little, nerve wracking. Yeah. Um, did you have a chance to go down there and scout at all early I, in the season? I didn't get to scout for that oh. for that mountain goat. So that was part of it. Was and I in my mind I was like, eh, it won't be that hard to go find a mountain goat, but shoot, man. <laughs> but it can be a lot harder than than you think it is. I think that the the unit that I drew from my mountain goat tag had six, uh, six tags that they awarded every year. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> there was, uh, only two guys out of the six actually filled their archery mountain goat tag. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's, it's not as easy as yeah. people think. And then yep. for me, I got pushed back toward the end of the season. We got snow. Yeah. And which can happen. You know, like anytime this year, we were elk hunting uh, September 5th and got two and a half feet of snow, you know, Um, and that I don't know if you had to experience snow up there while you're mountain goat hunting, but you talk about a game changer. Number one, you just you can't get around those that country in the snow, period. You'll slide right off of it, right off the sides of the cliffs. Um, And then number two, you can't see them They're they're invisible. You know what I mean? It's terrible. So luckily on my hunt, it kind of melted off, but I take it you skirted that or you, it was, did you kill it before that September snowstorm that came through this year? Yeah, I actually, I actually got it before there was any big, um, big snows in there. Right. So that, right. So that was good. Yeah. That was, that was lucky. Um, yeah. Cause that, that snow, I was, I was worried about getting, you know, not even yeah. being able to access country when it starts snowing like that. Yep. Yeah, you're exactly right. So, dude, and I've got to say, I was sitting here flipping through these pictures of all of the ones that were featured in this article about you being the youngest guy. Take the big nine. And that bull that they featured right there is an impressive five-point man. I mean, well, he's actually got two little points on that one side that make him a seven but they're so small he's mainframe yeah yep. he's mainframe five by five that is a giant five by five yeah. man that's one of, that is I, that's i've killed a, i've killed some good bulls and that's probably one of my favorite bulls i've killed was that he's i had him scored and he scored 330 as a five point you're kidding no. me, <laughs> so, now was that a was that a draw unit or was that a uh over the counter it was a draw unit a tough draw unit no no, not a tough one to draw just um, okay then you're not going to want to talk about the specifics (laughs) 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 like when somebody draws you know one that takes 20 points they don't necessarily mind sharing yeah uh, no i've now i've most of my hunting i like to hunt a lot so i a lot of the draw units that i have hunted are low low point draws where you can get into them sure. every couple of years, you know, 
Dude, that is a spectacular five point man. I mean, he weighed whale tails and everything. In a way, if I walked up to a bull after I'd taken him like that, because who would ever look at him and think he was going to be a five? Yeah, I swear that's a big six. Yep. If you're looking at him, you know, yep. one glance at those fours and that whale tail, and you're like, oh, that's a giant six by six. You yep. know, um, did you know he was a five when you took him? No, I didn't. And I, I actually, I saw him. I saw him a few days before I actually killed him, and I just saw that whale tail. The and whale I was like, tail. I was like, oh man, that's a that's a giant. <laughs> that's, a, that's a slammer bull, man. Yep. That is a slammer. I'm talking how I don't know how long that whale tail is, but it's long, and his fours, his his swords are are super long too. Um, yeah, that must have been a pretty exciting. One that stuck out amongst yeah. the, your big nine. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's one of my favorite elk I've killed. I think just he's kind of unique. You don't see a lot of big five points. Yeah, yeah. And your white tail is really nice. Yeah. Looks like it's probably in the 150s at least, um, if not more. Man, that's the thing. I'm looking through here and these pictures of these animals that you've got included in this big nine are not slouches you've killed some really nice critters man yeah. really nice yeah. you've done really well um tell me a little bit about this giant mule deer that's in here yeah um i think the one that there was in there killed that up above timberline yep that was yeah. a alpine buck i killed a couple years ago and he, he was gorgeous He's got a couple of kickers, but he's 34 inches wide. Wow. He's a real wide one. Yeah. No, he's absolutely beautiful. So there's a photo of you in here hauling a little gal on a, in a backpack. So you're, uh, um, you got a wife and kids. Yep. Yep. I got a wife and kids. Uh, that's my daughter, Ruby. She's, she's seven now, but yeah. Yeah, that was. I think that was one year I was scouting for moose or something. She was riding around in my backpack with me. Yeah, well, uh, and you you must have a pretty supportive wife because yeah. I can tell that you are you are gone a lot. Yeah, very <laughs> very supportive wife. Yeah, yeah, you'd have to have because um, I would imagine that you were uh, you're you're hitting it pretty hard in the fall just seeing what all you've put on the ground here yeah. um and um that antelope is a beautiful antelope too uh is that your best one um i can't remember what picture is in there but it's that one. Oh um, no that's not my sorry, that's probably, probably not my best one but that might, i think that was, photo. yeah that's the recent one i took so did you grow up here in colorado yeah, I, yeah, I grew up in the mountains of Colorado. I've been here my whole life, and I lived in Fort Collins for a few years. I went to school there. Mm -hmm. Got a got a degree by um degree in wildlife biology there. Oh, did you? Okay, mm -hmm. so what do you what do you do for a living? Well, actually, I work as a firefighter. So, <laughs> oh. I got I, I went to, I went to school for wildlife biology because I I enjoy wildlife so much. But when I was eighteen, I got into wildland firefighting and then i've just been a firefighter ever since so are, are you on with the city fire department now yeah i, I actually or? work i actually work for a department um where i live up in the mountains 
And so oh, okay. we do that. We do, you know, all sorts of stuff, wildland and structure fires. And we, we run our the ambulance service as well. So. Sure. Yep. Well, I've, I've told my sons many times that being a firefighter is uh, probably one of the best career choices that a serious hunter can make. Yeah. Yeah. Just because you've got, you've got some flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. You got, it is a good job. Other yeah. than other than our department does a lot of wildland stuff in the summer still. So we'll go out on fires, but so. Right. Sometimes, um, sometimes I don't like that too much. And <laughs> it's close yeah. to hunting season, you know? Absolutely. Well, luckily most of those fires begin to, tail off when the monsoon season comes yeah. in mid yep. august yeah right when you want to go jump in a ground blind over a water hole yep. for, for antelope <laughs> yeah that's that's when it likes to the the monsoons usually come here in colorado just in time to ruin everyone's antelope yeah yeah <laughs> um well that still do you do a lot do you get to do it get out and do a bunch of mitigation and stuff like that that kind of allows you to do a little scouting on the side uh sometimes but sometimes yeah not too much what what town are you in now um i live in bailey it's kind of bailey yeah it's kind of west west of denver up in the mountains okay yeah well nice i imagine you stay away from denver as much as i do yep yep as much as i possibly can (laughs) i try to limit my time down there (laughs) yeah absolutely so of all these uh western critters when did you when did you kind of first start thinking man uh this big nine is a possibility and and uh um when did you really set your your sights on it well i i kind of i grew up obviously in the mountains and i grew up hunting and fishing and trapping and whatever and i and i started off like a lot of people do i think i started off rifle hunting when i was 12 and yep. then I slowly worked into bow hunting and um I was I saw guys that came before me that had completed the big eight and and that was something I kind of set my sights on as something that you know, I'm just I'm kind of a blue collar guy, I don't have a lot of money and it was something that, you know, living in Colorado I could hunt all these species without having to fork over a lot of money, you know. Yeah. And true. so kind of when I was in high school, I kind of got into bow hunting pretty serious. And I was kind of, you know, I was kind of my goals, like I want to, that's my mission. And my hunting mission is take the Colorado big eight. And that was kind of my goal, something I wanted to try to do over my lifetime. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I got into, I actually, the first animal that I took was a mountain lion. And I had a, really, yeah. The so, first one with your bow was your mountain lion. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I, how, how did that happen? Well, I had a friend that um, had he had mountain lion dogs, and he offered to take me, and I was like, oh, I was, you know, I didn't. He, uh, he's like, I'll take you, and I was like, well, I don't have money to pay for that, you know. I was, I think I'm was sure. in, I was in college at the time, and he's like, oh, you don't, you don't have to pay. I'll just take you for fun. I was like, all right. So I ended up going with him. So. Well, that's pretty fortuitous because there's a lot of guys who, uh, when they get serious about going for their big eight or, or big nine, either one, um, 
they that's the hunt that ends up costing them money. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. because unless you have a buddy with lion dogs, who's yeah. really nice. Yeah. Uh, it's a pretty tough deal. And I know a few people that have gotten really lucky and, you know, gone out and found a, a lion kill and sat on that lion kill and, mm-hmm. and killed them that way, but only a couple. Yeah. And they were extremely fortunate. You know what I mean? It's really yep. dogs is really the only feasible way to do it. So yeah, that's really- crazy that that was your first one yeah, and your so- first archery kill. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. So, that um, kind of after that, I was kind of hooked on hunt bow hunting, obviously, and then I kind of got into you know hunting antelope and deer and elk and hunting whatever I could. Sure. Well, and when did you really get serious about the draw? Well, uh, because a lot of young guys like me myself, until I was a you know I had kids fairly young. Uh, I have four kids. Um, they're all grown now. My youngest is about to graduate from high school. Um, but you know, when I was in my mid twenties and I didn't have a pot to piss in, I had these kids coming along, those, uh, like the mountain goat and the moose and, and the bighorn sheep, I couldn't afford to put in for those. Yeah. I had to fork over. Yeah. 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 You had to have a credit card or something to put those tags on Yeah, because they sat on your money for a little while. Um, and you know, you're the youngest guy to ever do the big nine. So how old were you when you actually started putting in for them? Well, I, I, I started applying for the sheep and goat when I think I was in college or when I was done with college, when I had some, you know, cause you had to fork over the $250 per species. And I would do that. You know, I started doing that and in my mind, I, didn't plan on well i really wanted to draw but i was like yeah i'm probably not going to draw for a long time but i'll keep building these points you know right right so all the the, so you were fairly serious at a at a young age yeah yeah i was definitely serious i was i was probably mid-20s when when i'd killed everything except for the special the sheep goat and moose you know i was i'd gotten it all done by then and i was just like Give me the sheep and goat tag. Come on. <laughs> Dude, that's that's pretty that's pretty impressive for because heck, you killed that lion when you were you said you were in college. You were I, what, I was, 20 years old. I was eight, 18 when I killed it. 18 when you killed mm-hmm. your lion. And by the time you're in your mid-20s, you had all the other species except for the the special three. Yep. Um so uh, man, you you really jumped in. Yep, I uh, to the, I, got the archery bug bad. Yeah, I got the archery bug bad for sure. That was pretty much all I, <laughs> I would do it year round. I, you know, hunt the normal stuff, and then in the winter time, I'd hunt predators. I've I've killed bobcats yeah. with my bow and coyotes with bows. Oh, me and you need to talk. Yeah, offline yeah. because the the bobcat thing. Um, uh, you know, because I'm waiting on this sheep tag yep. the only other uh, i guess substantial game species that i haven't taken with a bow here in colorado has been bobcat and it's one of those things where i've actually had bobcats in front of me uh when i was in a tree stand but yeah it wasn't after december 1st it wasn't yeah. bobcat season 
so I couldn't take them. And earlier this year, I don't know if you know who Jace Bowserman is, yep. but uh, he's a yeah. good friend of mine. He and I went out in February this year and we we got a pretty good snow and it was like negative uh, five. It was freezing. Um, and he had a bobcat that kept showing up on one of his game cameras down on a place where he hunts deer. Yeah. And we went down there and put that call out and this cat screams into 20 yards on us. And I mean, usually when you call a bobcat in, they sneak in and all yeah. of a sudden, you know, they, they just appear. Um, usually because they're creeping and hunting their way into that call versus like a coyote that just comes screaming out of the brush. Yeah. Um, this cat acted like a coyote. Yeah. Came in just big old Tom, beautiful. He caught me draw, drawing, caught the motion of me drawing when he was at 20 yards and he froze right there at 20 yards, kind of, oh, not quite broadside, but almost mm -hmm. Um, little, little bit quartering to me. And I let that arrow go. And I'm pretty sure I didn't have it on video. And a lot of times it's hard to tell yeah. without video whether they ducked it or not. Yeah. But he was he was he was caught off guard by whatever that movement was and he was in that position and I probably should have held lower on him, but that arrow the, the fletches smacked him on the head. Oh man. And he took off and I had to watch that big old Tom run across there. So like I'm on and that represents like twenty set twenty-five sets. Yeah. You know, and usually when I'm doing a bobcat set. It's a, it, it's an hour long. Um, some of the best bobcat guys that I know tell you that they'll come in. Bobcats more often than not will come in after the thirty minute mark. Yeah. Um, because it takes them so long to get there most of the time. So we're talking a lot of hours and a lot of cold <laughs> days and stuff like that. And I still haven't, I still haven't killed one, man. And yeah. I'm, oh dang it. <laughs> So if if you've killed a few with your bow, I'm going to call you up and get some pointers. Yeah, one of the one of the ones I I've always heard that too with bobcats is they they take forever to come in, and yeah. I did the same thing. Like I was like, I really want to kill a bobcat, and so I I'd go out calling and nothing, you know, the same type of thing. Like went out twenty stands, and I finally I was yeah like, hunting them like a like a coyote yeah and, and like, probably doing a 15 to 20 minute set yeah and i was you know i was like am i crazy for even doing this but and first bobcat that i had come in he came in within a couple minutes of me starting really? to call same type of thing he ran into 15 yeah. yards and i was like oh and I, he just stood there while i drew and shot him but you know oh <laughs> Dude, I've 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 had a couple that I've shot with rifles, and that's what got me thinking about it. Was I, I was like, I could have killed that with my bow, yeah, you know, and and had the same thing where, you know, usually a coyote when they catch that draw, there's yeah, no they're pause. Out. They're out. They're of there. just <laughs> like a cannonball. You know, they're gone. Yeah. Um, bobcats, though, they their their instinct seems to be to freeze. Yeah, and then to sink there. to the ground. Yeah. yeah, sink to the ground and look at you. <laughs> and this one, uh, like I said, I went and shot my bow immediately after just to make sure because I felt usually you know if you if you missed. You know yeah. what I mean? You know if yeah. you if you made a bad shot. That shot didn't feel bad. It felt right. And I went and shot my bow and it was dead accurate at 20 yards. I mean, hitting, you know, a quarter. Yeah. Yep. And 
I think he I think he ducked me, but I'm on a I'm on a quest now, man. I wish the bobcat could be added to the, the or the bobcat and coyote. Those two should be added to our species. Yeah, yeah, that'd be. You know cool. what I mean? Yeah, it would be. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know very many guys that go out and chase them with a bow. So yeah, that's that's super cool that you do. Um, so like, um, so your whitetail? Did you kill your whitetail when you were in your mid twenties too? Yep. Mm-hmm. Really? Like, so that, that's my it's that's my one and only whitetail actually. Is it really? Yep. And I that that's a kind of a crazy story because I got one of those. I might have got a leftover tag, but for mm-hmm. out on the eastern plains, and I went out there and just the public land was real checkerboarded. On you know, it's kind of hard to find. But I went n- never hunting white hat, never have hunted whitetails, so I was just hoping to see one really and i ended up seeing a big buck and he with some does and they they ran into this row of cedars and i slipped Uh into the cedars and i think that big buck was trying to sneak away and he actually Uh he actually actually came at me i saw a little flash of hide and i dropped down to one knee and he came by me at 17 yards on the ground and i shot him Dude, that's a stud white dude. <laughs> that's my one it and really only. Is so. Do you have any idea what that deer scored? No, I, n- I never scored it. Man, is, is he a nine or is he a ten? Um, I, I think he was a nine point. Man, he's thank you. He yeah, he's nice. Yeah, was, uh, I was really pleased. as my absolutely, man. Um, that's one that gets neglected by a lot of Colorado guys. Yeah, it's hard. Uh, it's- if they don't. If they don't live on the Eastern Plains, a lot of times they don't, you know, whitetails don't even really enter their mind. I would yeah. say what happens inevitably when somebody decides they're going to go for the Big Ten, they end up killing a mule deer, killing an elk, killing an antelope, get lucky on a bear or something like that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they start thinking, oh, if I get the whitetail and, you know, maybe draw one of those three hard to draw. And the next thing you know, I, more more guys than not, the lion ends up being one of their last ones. You know, when they really yep. think about closing that out, not like you that had a buddy and went out and that's Started the first thing it. you ever yeah. shoot with a bow. <laughs> that's that's crazy. Um, how how'd you end up on the bear like that? For for me personally, I, I hate what Colorado just recently did with the bear tags. They made the bears a draw. Uh, all along the front range now. So you're only over the counter with caps tags or over on the Western side of the state. Um, but most of the bears that I've taken, I was just buying a tag and having it in my pocket while I was elk hunting, just in case I saw a bear. Yeah. Um, hadn't really gone out on specifically hunting bears. You know, I just come across one and then was able to shoot it. So did you go on a specific bear hunt or did you were you just buying an over the counter with caps tag and having it? With yeah, you I was just. I would always get a bear tag every year, just you know, same type of deal, just to have it in your pocket if you saw any. Yeah. But that, I think yeah. bear, bears in Colorado are hard. They're hard to find when you're wanting to look for a bear. You know, that you don't see them. Oh, <laughs> unless you're in one of those units that's just yeah. loaded with them. It, yeah, it is yeah. hard. Yeah, so you know? the bear, the bear's a tough one because I've bought a lot of bear tags every year. And 
I've, I've killed two bears, but that's a lot of tags I've bought in over the years and I've only gotten right. two, but yeah, same yeah. type, same type of deal. Just seeing them when you're out hunting, you know, but yeah. Um, so did you just come across him while you were elk hunting or something? Yeah. I've, I killed him. I actually spotted one and he was feeding in a choke cherry patch mm-hmm. in like an old burn area. And so, uh, and just spot and stalked him and got yep. a shot. Yeah. Just spot. Yeah. I actually followed him. He started going up a hill and it was really hot out. One of yeah. those, one of those falls where it's like 90 degrees in September type of year, you know, and he disappeared over this hill and I made my way up over the hill kind of trailing him and I found an old mine shaft and I couldn't find the bear anywhere. And I, I had a little suspicion that maybe the bear went in the mine shaft. So I snuck up and got 20 yards from the entrance of, entrance of the mine shaft. And I just waited there for probably like an hour. And I didn't know if he was even in there or not, but, and then I think he was going in there to escape the heat, you know, cause it was cooler in there. But so yeah. I was just standing there and then he out popped. I just, the bear appears right in front of me it, and I shot him. <laughs> so. Dude, I, I thought you were going to say something really like badass, like, so I just started stepping into that mine shaft. <laughs> Dude, every time I've gone into something like that, I've been worried that a bear was going to be in, yeah, the, in there. Yeah. Of, you know, yeah. and you're standing in the only exit. You yeah. know, that's that's pretty awesome, though, that you uh, had the patience to sit there and wait him out, even though you didn't know that he was yeah. in there for that's sure. Like, there's a chance he's in there, or maybe he was, you know, he could have escaped without me seeing him go out of the area, but he was in there. Yeah, no, that that is that is super sweet. I'm not, you know, I, I've got like, I've got enough bear points to draw any bear tag that I want in the state, and I, I, I don't know where to go just yet yeah. because like you said, you know, I've, I've never hunted bears sp- specifically here in Colorado. Yeah. Um, I've always just got that tag along tag, you know, and this, this next year, my son, uh, I've got a son that's playing college football and it'll be his last year playing college ball. And I'm not going to have to worry about having to get to games yeah. on weekends during yeah. the fall anymore. And I'll, I'll probably burn all those up, figure out where to do it and burn them all up. But, um it would be it would be fun to go actually hunt them one time yeah you know yeah um rather than just trying to come across them and you know really just burning that tag money yeah i think every single time there's different parts of the state that have higher bear densities obviously and i know i I know some guys guys that hunt over water holes and places and they'll kill bears well that's 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 how i've killed uh yeah. one of mine at least was sitting in a tree stand over a, a walla. Yeah. Huh. And the the elk didn't come to the walla, but the bear came into yeah. the path. Yeah. Um <laughs> it seems to be a good tactic for bears as they they like to use that water a lot. So what's your favorite thing to hunt out of all these western critters that you've taken, man? And and do you do you have any aspirations of starting to hunt out of state now at all? Well, um I've hunted I haven't hunted a lot out of state, um, yeah. mostly because I've had, there's plenty of opportunities for me to hunt in Colorado. So I spend a lot of my time here, but I have a, 
I ventured down to Arizona a couple times and hunted coos deer down there. And uh, how have you how have you done? I've done the same thing. I I actually killed one on the I killed a buck the first time I went down there. Oh God, I'm starting to hate you even more. <laughs> but then, um, but then I get. I've heard how hard they are to get. So I went down there and I was like, I'm going to kill the first buck I see. And I first buck I saw, I killed. And then I went back another year and I was like, I'm going to kill a big one. And I, I found a, like a Boone and Crockett caliber buck. And I shot at him and he, he was about 20 yards away from where my arrow impacted by the time my arrow got there. And I was like, (laughs) and so, I got humbled down there by those. I'm like, oh, I, I see how it is. I've been on three different trips down there yeah. and after Coos Deer. And now I have passed to, you know, I I don't have any issues with sm- killing smaller stuff, but I, yeah. you know, I wanted a representative buck. I yeah. didn't need a Boone and Crockett, but I wanted a representative. And the ones that I passed were literally like, you know, year and a half old four corns. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I could have taken them, um, but I did have an opportunity at a at a nice representative. He was at least Pope and Young Buck. He wouldn't have gone Boone Crockett. Yeah. Um, and I managed to mess it up. Um, we were waterhole hunting and had a uh, uh, a cooler down in front of me and my cameraman. We had sat there like church mice for yeah four <laughs> days in a row, 120 degrees in that ground blind. Miserable. It's like. A torture treatment. It, 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 it's being thrown in the heat box like the old prison days, you know? And uh, like we'd sat there so still, so perfect. And in the middle of the day, I went to get something out of the cooler and it kind of, it had kind of rolled up into the front of it. And I had to get down on my knees out of my chair to reach over the cooler lid to reach down to get this drink. And as soon as I do that, my cameraman starts pounding me on the shoulder saying there's a buck there's a buck and i look out and there is this buck that's looking at me standing there staring me in the eyes from 10 yards away and he totally has me and i just froze i sat there and eventually the little booger runs down to the corner of the water hole and allows me to slide back up into my chair get my bow in my hands draw and he's 24 yards away at the corner of the water hole but out the corner of the blind as well not down in front of me like he would have been had he not seen me move and looked at the blind and didn't like it yeah um and i and in my haste because i figured that he wasn't going to be there but more than a second or two um i lost track of one of those little poles in the yeah. blind yeah and <laughs> i I buried that pan on his heart and I was like, you are dead. You are dead. <laughs> and one broadhead, just the tip of the blade touched one of those poles on the ground blind enough to put a little scratch on it. And that brought that, bit, that arrow missed him by four feet. Oh it. man. His heart broken. So I've been down there three times and then suckers have, you know, yeah. do it yourself, public yeah. land hunts, but I've been skunked three times, dude. They have worked me over. Yeah. Um, so we're, it's funny. We're talking about, uh, all right, do you have any aspirations of taking deer slam? If you're going down there hunting cues deer. Yeah, um, I mean, that's, that's something I think would be re- really cool to do. And doable. Uh, yeah. For most do, guys, yeah. Doable you know? for most. Uh, yeah. 
the the sheep slam that's not obtainable for me no. i don't think so <laughs> me neither and no, so me neither. The, the deer and deer and turkey slam that might be attainable for a guy like me <laughs> yeah yeah and that deer slam you know i i need the uh i need the the coos deer of course because they've killed me and uh and the columbia blacktail yeah um but i you know that's one that i definitely want to complete too i've always dreamed of having a having a wall that had you know, oh, my deer slam on that yeah, one wall yeah you know what i mean neat. yeah yeah that'd be cool so do you have a do you have a wall like that for your big nine um i got them kind of just intermixed in the house you know yeah well it would be hard to do with a bit with a big nine wall yeah um yeah that would be a whole lot tougher now that i think of it you'd have to have a, a pretty dang big wall yeah <laughs> um so what what is your favorite to hunt out of all these things well the obviously the sheep and the goat and the moose those are really fun to hunt but something that we don't get to hunt very often obviously so out of the normal ones that you get to hunt i'm lately i've been on, on the mule deer kick i've kind of um for a number of years it was mostly elk and i just concentrated on elk and <laughs> but kind of kind of lately i've kind of been on the velvet mule deer kick but right definitely probably elk and elk and deer are my favorite well it's funny we're talking just a little bit ago about um my son playing football and of course he's in his last year of college coming up but my boys have played football since they were since they were little sports and then my daughter played volleyball in high school so i always had commitments you know like yeah, yeah i didn't want to miss those games i've always had to plan hunts around them so i really haven't man i haven't hunted velvet muleys for 15 years yeah um all of my mule deer hunting's been later season eastern plains uh kind of rut hunting mule deer mm -hmm. um so as soon as he's done i plan on going on a few more of those and as soon as this knee that i just had surgery yeah, on yeah. yesterday heals up yeah um but that's one of the reasons that i did it is i i plan on getting back out there after the velvet the velvet muleys because they are addictive and yeah, they are. they're they're a lot of fun they're yeah they're a lot of fun um do you mostly do most of your uh velvet muley hunting up high timberline bucks yep yeah Late, uh, lately i have and the last the seasons that they kind of changed that it's good for elk hunting with the season being later but that kind of affects the velvet deer hunting you know you get less time to catch them in velvet so it kind of makes it tough right right now the, and you you specifically like to have them in velvet before they yeah shed. yeah I, li I like hunting them in velvet yeah seems yeah. like seems like a lot of those bucks up high once they once they shed their velvet, then they disappear down into the timber, and you you know a lot of them you don't see after they shed. So, yeah, well, um, yeah, you're exactly right. And then they turn into a needle in a haystack. Yeah, and yeah, they're hard to and knows. all that timber. Yeah, 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 whole lot harder to hunt after it gets to that point. Well, Justin, it, it, it's been great having you on here, man. Um, that is quite an accomplishment to be the youngest guy ever to take the big nine. Um, uh, after you told me about 
both that and the bobcat thing really <laughs> i i don't know how to feel about you i'm very jealous um but uh no really congratulations on it dude that's that's huge uh, yeah well thank you you're gonna you're gonna have to find some new goals to chase now yeah that, that deer goal um uh probably the most expensive one to go after for you now is going to be that sick of blacktail but yeah. uh but that one's also super cool man yeah that'd I mean, be that'd, that'd be fun there's some inexpensive ways to do to do that one as well and some places that you can do it on your own um and those are those are just awesome deer the they're they're beautiful colored they're great eating and uh and really uh a fun spot and stock hunt yeah cool, you know, cool country where they live and yeah super cool country it's just spectacular the other guy that does these hoyt bow hunting podcast alan bolin yeah um he took a monster this last year yeah the, uh world record yeah right? yeah. yeah yeah world record velvet yeah that's um, awesome yeah and it, he's he's a good guy to talk to about doing it for sure yeah um but man i'll let you get going like i said thanks for Thanks for coming on. Uh, any of you that want to yeah. check, check D Justin out, um, his Instagram is Justin underscore Davis underscore 11. Um, he's got some pretty awesome photos on there. and uh, he, He's obviously tight-lipped about his units, so don't even look at the comments or anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> But and I don't I don't po I don't post very many pictures out there. I I'm kind of tight lipped with a lot of stuff. But oh, it's cool, man. You got a you got a pretty cool Instagram page for sure. Yeah, well, thank and, you. And uh, well, we appreciate you coming on, brother. Yeah, and, I, I appreciate uh, you having me on. Yeah, no sweat. And everybody, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we'll see you on the next podcast. Take care.